hell's wrong with you? I miss my wrestling. Who's your wrestling? Yes, I, I need my wrestling. All right, man, calm down. It's all good. You know why? Because you were listening to your professional wrestling fix. Follow us on Facebook at Ten Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions. On Twitter at the Inzigiri. And catch your new episodes of the 2300 Wrestling Podcast and the Basement Dropkick on Anchor FM, Spotify, and other leading platforms. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. This is the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet C referee, Dave Keener. Right here in my hand is my sweet tea. Ooh. Who do we have on today? So on today's show, we got Kaya McKenna. Is that how we pronounce it? That is correct, guys. Okay, Thank you for me. having me this afternoon. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. We're all here and having some fun. And in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, I had to drive from Delaware all the way up here. Just to... Oh, it's a 10-minute drive. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe 15. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's 15. I drive through Delaware. I actually drive through Delaware pretty much every weekend now to go train at Worldwide Dojo with Cheeseburger and Sumi because I'm on the eastern shore of Maryland. Okay. And that is not the worst drive in the world, but like in lower Delaware, people go very, very slow in the left lane and it is trying times on your patience. Oh my gosh, I hate that. <laughs> she gets it. Oh my gosh, move over. Don't be in that lane. Brian, right? You get it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I... Oh yeah. Our if sound you... engineer lives in Delaware, too, so he gets it. Get out yeah, of the left the lane. Thing. It's a big, like, lower Delaware thing. Yeah. Or not in a hurry in the left lane. Yes. Get... Not one bit. Mm, yeah. Mm. I don't like that at all. No. You, 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 you see me, I get pissed off. Yeah, you're a freaking maniac when people like, you're like, get the hell out of my way. Yeah, and, like, this is why like I when get... you When you drive, when you, you turn into to... Walter. Walter? <laughs> Jeff Dunham? Oh. Walter? That's you. When you I... get to Christiana, it's like a, like, you just take a, it's like a big breath of relief like oh my god it opens up yes 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 that mall, we're like thank god <laughs> for the people that don't know who you are like george over here or brian <laughs> So, who trained you, and when did you start? I was trained by Seth Rollins and Merrick Brave at the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy in Davenport, Iowa. Wow. I attended their wrestling school this past year from January to March. That is awesome. And that was my first foray into training. Um, Prior to going to wrestling school, I actually worked a little bit as a ballet manager on the Indies for around a year, and I would just go around helping out, putting up rings, setting up chairs, meeting people, anything I could do to kind of network a little bit because I had to wait for like six months before I could actually get out there and go to school. So that's pretty cool. Kind of been around. I've been around wrestling for about two years. I trained this past year in January, and I had my first match in July. But you look good out there. I I watched your match. Not Titan, but Goddess. Same thing. Same same company. (laughs) Same difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So. What did your trainer's best advice tell you? Corey Castle is my favorite advice I ever heard. Don't be 12. So Thank you, Corey. So what is your um, best advice you've been given? I got a piece of advice from Becky Lynch when I was out there that was really, really helpful that I always try to remember. And that little piece of advice was to find what you do good and do it really, really well. And don't stress over things that you can't do or that you're not good at or, or don't feel right. You know, just embrace what you naturally have, this ability to do get really really good at it and and that also kind of goes hand in hand with when you're thinking about what character you want to do just being yourself right yeah and not stressing over all the things you're not or all the things you can't and just focus
focusing all of your energy on the things you can do and just getting so good at them that you become undeniable and people just have to have you. Oh, I like that. Agreed. Wow. That, like, I love it when we hear new advices because um, Deshaun Pratt from the Prince of Oh, I, Deshaun is so great. Yeah, Deshaun's He's awesome. Fun. I got to work with him a little bit at Camp Leap Frog this year and it was a great time. Such a good performance. We we had Deshaun on, on last, last week's show and found out that Deshaun lives five minutes from where we are. Yes. Like, if I would have known that, bro, I would have had you come into the studio. Oh, yeah. Good time. But like he said, um, tuck your head. And that was his best advice. Tuck your chin. And tuck your chin. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That that was a new one because you always hear the same ones over and over again. Like, keep your mouth shut and listen, blah, blah, blah. And Well, you know, for many people, it's very easy to get caught up in this endless downward viral of negativity and, like, focusing on, like, oh, my God, I'm not big enough. I'm not tall enough. I can't do a moonsault. I can't do a superplex. I, I can't do this. I run the ropes look dumb. Whatever your, your negative spiral is, right, it's so easy to get caught up in that. And when you just take that small little change of thinking and you focus more on, like, but I do a really good bulldog, so I got to be able to do the best dog. When you, when you start thinking of it like that, you yeah. feel so much better. Like, it's like a weight is lifted off of you, and you can truly focus on honing yourself as a performer and not being bogged down by activity. So that's why I just think that was the best piece of advice ever, because we all have, like, we all beat ourselves up. <laughs> See, <laughs> no, all right. Randy Savage, he was short. He was always on his tippy toes because he wanted to be larger than life, and that's where he became big. And um, with Hulk Hogan being six foot, Savage being a little bit smaller. Savage he, was five foot nine, I think. Yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah. yeah. And like he's Hogan on was his, six six. He's like born, I'm five his, foot nine. That's insane. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he's walking around in the ring and you're seeing him hitting and he's on his toes. He's on his tippy toes every right. time. And he just did he just didn't want to be on the ground. Um what? You never you heard of him before? Look no. at him. Go back watch and watch his him in steamboat at WrestleMania three. You'll Dude, notice it. He's always on his tippy toes every time he's in the ring. But then you got guys like Chuck Payne, who is six foot seven, three forty, who can hit a shooting star press or can hit a moonsault off the top rope. Not a lot of big guys can do that. Other than I see him, I see Keith Lee doing it, but not a lot of big guys can do stuff like that. But then you got the little guys who try to do the big stuff, which is still pretty cool. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'm I'm one of those people where I just want to see my big guys do big guy stuff. Like I love Stan Hansen. Like he's great, right? Like Hoss yeah, fight. Yeah. That's what I want to see. And the occasional person who has the gift athleticism of Keith Lee is always something to appreciate but it's okay if not everybody who's 6'5 and 300 pounds yeah. doesn't like you don't have to do that like it's okay right you gotta find what you do well like Keith Lee does that very well so he's become excellent at it but you know there's there's so many other things you can do like that's what's so great about wrestling right it's like you, you can be whatever you want to be you can do whatever you want to do I, like you at, said like right. a couple seconds ago it's like you like your big guys do big things and mm -hmm. I, I I think a lot of big, um, tall wrestlers shouldn't go up on top ropes. Like Sid. Ugh, like, unless kinda... you have a natural ability that you're very good at it, then by all means, then, then do it, right? Yes. Like, like Keith Lee excels at it. Like, yeah, he should definitely do that. But if you can't do it well and you can just kind of do it, yeah. don't don't worry about it. Go find something that you do good. You know, right. back, back to my piece of advice. Like, put trying to be decent at something that you're meh at and then find something that you're decent at and become excellent at it. And that's yes. going to elevate you as a performer. Paul Heyman hid a lot of um, weaknesses in ECW and made made everybody different, so kept their weakness away from them, so they can see it in the 
what they were doing in the ring. Like how um, Sandman wasn't that great as a wrestler. They made him more of a hardcore guy. So Paul said it best. We, we don't have the greatest lighting. We don't have greatest technical stuff. So we accentuate positive, mm-hmm. get rid of the negative. Correct. So that was one of the greatest things I ever heard Paul say. Mm-hmm. So just because Sandman was five foot eight, 145 pounds soaking wet, doesn't mean he couldn't be a positive person, which was really cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have a pet peeve? I like pet peeves. Well, deep breath uh, on that one. Pet peeve in, in wrestling or just like in life in general? It could like, be in life in general. It could be pepty in wrestling. Whatever. I, I just honestly like don't like people that are lazy. Um, Anything <laughs> that is worth doing in life is not easy and it takes time. You know, and, and wrestling, whether it be wrestling or your career or like your family or whatever your, your main focus is for life, right? Right. It mm-hmm. takes time and effort and it's not going to be easy and, and you can't be lazy. And you have to know your worth. Don't get me wrong, but you have to work hard. And and yes. I just get really frustrated sometimes when I see people that just like don't even want to put in the bare minimum. That if they just put in the bare minimum would be like very successful. Because for me, like with wrestling, I, I did martial arts growing up, but like I didn't have a natural athletic gift for wrestling. I had to work very, very hard to train myself to do it, right? Yeah. So I see these people that are like naturally good at it, but they're not putting any effort in, and that always frustrates. Like it's there, it's there. Just try a little bit. Just just try. Don't be lazy. Just try. Or like people that have all the potential in the world but don't want to do something like they don't want to set up chairs or they don't want to sweep up, you know, crap after a hardcore match or they don't want to take a ring down and put it back up. Like, and it's just so interesting to me how you can have all the tools in the toolbox that you need to be super successful, but like laziness hinders you. And I just hate seeing that. It's a pet peeve of mine because it just pays you to see it. Like, and you see it all the time. All yes. the time. So we were at the last Titan show, the one outside behind the firehouse. I don't remember the Jackson, was. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Jackson. What was it? Yes. Yeah, the Mount Olympus show. And... I, I saw there was hardly any security and stuff like that for that one hardcore match. And I'm like, I looked at them. I'm like, here, hold my jacket. I'm going up front. So I stood by the ring when they went through the table and everything else. And I cleared it out right as soon as he went through. And then I stood there and Billy's like, thank you. Because nobody else was going up to do it. And I know what I'm doing. So. Well, and it's, it's interesting too. Like when I was in wrestling school, they have a small promotion out there called SCW Pro. And they run student shows. So it's um, students that are in the current class and also graduate students just locally in Iowa so people can get in some reps. And it's really right. nice that they do that because not only does it give people a platform to get reps in, but it also, if you're a student, it gives you the opportunity to learn logistics of a show if you've never experienced that before, which most people who've never been to wrestling school haven't experienced that, right? Um, so they would let us do things like security and like when they would have people go to do dives, they'd be like, all right, guys, you need to make sure that you're protecting the fans in the front row. Like, you know, be there to catch somebody or whatever if they overshoot or undershoot, you know, right. that yeah. type of stuff stuff and it, it is important and even when I help out at GCW and do ring crew there like there's always a handful of us that are just kind of on deck in the background to like move things out of the way so it's safe for the fans or like move fans when we need to so they can still see the show but they're not going to get injured by anything that flies or any projectiles or any flash right. or anything like that so it is part of the experience and it's very important to have that presence there yeah so we got there from Mount Olympus at like 10am and Charlie Delucci's like what are you doing I'm like 
I'm helping set up. He's mm-hmm. like, but you guys are podcast guys. I'm like, and <laughs> it was my He's plan like, to come up there to help them set up and all that stuff. And I'm like, I've been doing Charlie, you know me. I've been doing this so long between setting up the ring and refing and everything else that I don't care. You need the help. We're here to help. Mm-hmm. We're just a podcast. <laughs> right, we're just a podcast. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. But... I, I appreciate that. I'm always down to help, but like, can I just be a hundred percent honest with you? And this is going to sound so girly and silly, but when we were wrestling, outside this summer and it was a million degrees and you're already sweating and then you have to wrestle and like you're still trying to look as best as you possibly can despite (laughs) these circumstances right not that i'm lazy but i was like i really hope i don't have to put the ring up today because i'm gonna look so disgusting for my match can i just set chair so like even in that particular weird one-off pandemic world circumstance like i appreciate that you guys helped out (laughs) Uh, i'm used (laughs) to it because i was just like oh my goodness it's so hot outside and like all my makeup and I'm gonna look crazy when I wrestle. <laughs> when I was younger and I was first getting into it, I would always go with my brother. I would always go with Mike to the shows and stuff like that, and I would bring my ref gear, whatever gear I needed, and he'd be like, "Go see what they need done." And now, yeah. my 15 year old, soon to be 16 in a couple of weeks, goes with me to the shows, and sets he does up. the same thing. He sets up and everything. There, we did a show up here two, three years ago, and I go in the back to do the rundown and everything else with the other guys, and I'm out there, and he's got the, everything already set up, but the ring. All right, go eat. My whole thing is like, if you are cool with the, us as a podcast, we'll come up there and help you guys do get things done. And if you let us um have our table up and have interviews and stuff like that, that'd be awesome. We'll even pay to get in. I don't care. Yeah, we'll still pay to come <laughs> right. in. You know what I mean? So that's who we are. Because guys are out there, you're busting your butt. I'm enjoying it, and I should pay to get in. And it right. should be for well, anybody that brings friends and family to shows should pay to come in. Right. So you were talking about... um student shows. There's a company up here in Williamstown, New Jersey called the Hardcore Hustle Organization, which is ran by Matt Tremont. Every I am Monday, familiar. Right. Every Monday night, <laughs> They are Matt, excellent. They are. They're great. Matt does. Matt, Preacher, shout out to you guys. You guys do a great Mike, one of the trainers now. How do you forget your brother? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Monday nights, they put on such a great show just for the students. And even some vets come in to help out, like Devin Moore, Drew Blood, Chuck Payne, all come in to help out. And it's really cool that they'll help out the new kids get up there yeah it's such it's so good to have that environment just to have a good environment you can train in right i um i unfortunately don't live in iowa i live in maryland i moved out there to go to school and then when school was over i had to come back home anytime i go out to iowa i am always welcomed back black and brave with open arms and i have a million people i can train with and coaches that can give me feedback but moving back out here i actually kind of very fortunately fell under the tutelage of trigger and sumi sakai and they have been wonderful in the same respect of just really helping me grow as a performer and elevating me as a performer. And just, you know, it's so nice to have that family type feel. I feel like when I go to Worldwide Digital, I have a family there as well. So, and I can definitely see how that is the same type of environment they have going on at H2O. Yeah. I, I enjoy them, guys. You know? Yeah, I enjoy it. I worked for World World One at one time when uh, Karina was running it, but yeah. different now. Is it different? Oh my goodness, when it was the RO, when it was the old Ring of Honor dojo. No, it was, um, World One was in Shark River Hills, New Jersey, originally. Oh, okay. I said worldwide. Oh, worldwide. I thought you said world one. My fault. Yeah. My apologies. No, it's all good. I know that 
realized before um, they took it over, it was the old Ring of Honor's training. Right. School yes. Yes. Bristol, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So this is one of my favorite questions of all time. All time. All time. All time. Because right. I like people come back to me, like people that listen to the show, and they're like, "We want to hear these questions every time." So it's a table of five. You're the fifth person at the table. Mm-hmm. You had to pick four other people to sit there, dead, live, um, family, whoever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Who would you put? Not just wrestlers. No. It could can be I, anybody. Can I pick? Can I pick all wrestlers? You, you can, can pick all wrestlers. We like podcast. Let's do that. Yes. Okay. But it was like Deshaun Pratt. We had him on. He picked Bob Marley, Snoop Dogg, and uh, I forget who the wrestler was. But he picked like four off the wall people, which was okay. So it doesn't have to be wrestling. It can be. She anything. wants to do wrestling. No, I know that. Yeah. I'm just saying. It can be wrestling. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, let's look at it this way. If I had to sit at the table with four wrestlers, I would prefer to sit with Dean Malenko. Oh, can I sit there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd be okay with that. We can put you, we'll put you under the table because I still want my four wrestlers at me. <laughs> um, so I would have Dean Malenko, I would have China, I would have I would have the great Muda, and I would have Misawa at my table. No, I, I I met Dean Dean at um Icons in Philly, and like there was nobody in line, and I'm like, dude, where's the line? Because I'm a big Dean Malenko fan, and I'm like, I am a huge Dean Malenko fan. He's my favorite wrestler. He's not. I said it on the. Fr- I kind of gave away my age a little bit on the first day of wrestling school because they ask you like who your favorite wrestler is, and like I hate to say kids because I'm really not that old, but I'm not like 19, right? <laughs> so all these all these kids are like, oh, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, Edge, and like all of those guys are phenomenal wrestlers, right? And then they get me, and I'm like Dean Malenko, and Rollins <laughs> is like, oh my god, Amanda, how old are you? <laughs> old enough. I mean, and that's when I realized I totally kind of gave myself away with that one. But yes, he's a phenomenal performer, and I always enjoy watching his matches and what he brings to the table. Oh, yes, yes. See, when we did the con, like I'm an old school fan, and it was really awesome. I'm sitting there, I'm talking to Billy Jack Haynes, and all of a sudden Ron Simmons comes up behind me, starts talking Damn. to Billy Jack. Right? <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Not even done. All of a sudden, um, Lanny Poffo, the genius. Uh, cool. uh, and then Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. I'm like, Billy, I'll talk to you later. I'm like, wow. <laughs> but, like, Dean Malenko was sitting there, and um, I was like, where's the line? Because I'm really... Where's the line? One of the greatest um, technical wrestlers in, in our time. Man of a thousand holes. Yes. And, and like the, reason. not only that, but like just such like a good, like strong base for the cruiserweight division and yes. like ECW and WCW. Like the people don't give him credit for that, for just basically not carrying it on his back, but just being there to put over the people whose styles were so different than his, but then still being able to get his own stuff yeah. into the match in a way that made sense. He's such a genius. Right. I'll, to but, this day, I'll still go back and what was it? The best of five between him and Eddie and ECW? Uh, that's two out, of, two out of three falls matches yeah, ECW right. TV from August of 1995. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite yeah, matches. I'll that's still go back I and watch like anything with Eddie and Malenko. I thought, the that only, was like their Jericho. last match before they left. For right. Like, yes. Correct? Yeah. The, the yes. only thing I didn't like to do with Malenko was he made him a horseman. No, I liked him as a horseman. Uh, <laughs> he's better on his own. I liked him with a horseman. Stop it, because I have like mostly a lot of horsemen on my wall. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm still how original. many horsemen? I don't know. 24. They're all autographs. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still an original, so I still love the original horse. I got Rick. I have Aaron up there. I have. How do, how do you feel about him as part of the Radicals? Oh, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all just because they're all great talent wrestlers. Oh, yeah. 100%, right? Yeah. But it sucked that they didn't push them. Yeah, they only pushed two. Yeah. I actually 
thought like Perry Saturn was very underrated as well. I, yes, I use a very. variation of the rings of Saturn in my finisher. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. But like when I was in line and I'm like, should I lay down and make the line bigger? And, and <laughs> Dean's like, just started laughing. We were talking to Ron. We were the only ones in line for Ron. Ron Simmons. And it's a shame when you right. see great people like that in line. And my, my son who was what, 14 at the time? Mm-hmm. Ron looks at him and with a huge, damn, boy, how old are you? He goes, 14? He goes, man, I thought you were at least 22. <laughs> my son <laughs> is almost 16, and he's 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, play, like, like, basketball? I would hope you would have him invested in sports in some capacity. I'm like, when do you want to start training? <laughs> yeah, or be a pro wrestler, right? Right. Like, yeah, his uncle. His uncle it's yeah. so interesting, like, how the size of a wrestler has shifted so much in the past 15 years. Like, oh, yeah. what is the standard size? And I always wonder, like, why is that? Are we just more accepting of all different types of sizes in wrestling? Like, I think, honestly, just my honest opinion, that when TNA was on TV between, like, 2003 and 2007, like, the way they put the X division at the forefront really helped kick down some walls right. for people that were not 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> like 300 pounds um they don't get, always get the credit they deserve a lot of those guys kind of being innovators I mean, and influencing the younger generation right i mean from everything to like not only like wrestling style but like having a character and personality like most of the gear people wear nowadays can be attributed back to those guys like they changed how people wore gear like yeah. you know i mean me growing up it's a hot take but you know <laughs> me growing up it was hogan and stud and andre all the, the big guys but then you had the technicals like randy and savage player Mm-hmm. And both sides. Thanks. Now you don't bring Arn Anderson in there. Thanks Arne a lot. Anderson, Tully. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Nick Winkle. About <laughs> time you brought somebody up yeah. like that. Oh gosh. I mean, I don't have the NWA World Heavyweight Championship sitting upstairs for nothing, right? Uh, Starcade '86 is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. Uh, Dave's over there, like jumping up. I, the I am a huge old-school NWA WCW. Like Bill Watts era. I, I, I yeah. love what Bill Watts did. And that whole card is phenomenal. Like not only oh, yeah. does it have like the Skywalker's match, but it also has the uh, first blood match, I believe, is on that pay per view, correct? I think so. Yeah. I believe yes. Or wait. George? No, it's um that was Avery. So no oh I know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of not the first blood match, that steel cage match with the rock and roll express and the Minnesota wrecking crew. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My God. That's my genius and Wayne Bloom. Yeah. Dave's Dave's like, Oh my gosh, uh, no, I'm gonna I'm watch this all tonight well, oh, it, did, it did have it did have the first blood match it was um Tully Blanchard and Dusty Rhodes yes I, yeah. rem- I remember SummerSlam 90 when <laughs> Earthquake threw Hogan through a table mm, that yeah. wasn't supposed to happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> That was, I really was like, happens. oh, shit. Gotta go with it. <laughs> just go with it. Run with it. I was Keep like, wait, did they just it. go through a table? But ECW was a null company that didn't, like, put big guys over. You had Taz. Shane Accentuate Douglas was a, the positive. Oh, yeah. Shane Douglas was a small guy, too, because um, I met him, and I'm like, you're short. And yeah, he told you to shut up. No, he didn't <laughs> say that to me. He goes, um, a lot of people tell me that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I was like, would I thought guys, it would like, be. Say, would you guys say that, like, the GCW fan base and their productions have a modern day ECW feel because I always get that vibe whenever I'm there like the hard knitted fans and the people that are just doing things different than anybody else I, I there, can right? I can see it there H2O as well has got that fan base yeah the fan base too, because yeah. we go to H2O and we see the same fans every yeah. week we hardly see new yeah, fans they swept, they swept the IWTV awards this year for the yes. most part they won like every award because their fans are just so dedicated and it's 
it's incredible to see that kind of work behind a community of wrestlers. Oh yeah, congratulations, Matt Tremont. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now I, I'm, I'm amazed, like how the fans come out, and it's like, wow, lucky. You yeah, they're in droves. Even during a pandemic, like they still show up, and like they're always like, you know, they practice COVID protocols, but it's like they're there, man. It's like, wow, right. nothing keeps these people away. You no, know, when Matt said that I'm going to start again, I'm like, we'll be there. We'll be yeah. there for you, bro. Because I've even refed matches with Matt, and I went there one time. Uh, Dave had a couple of friends that wanted to try out. I'm like, okay, I'll go hang out, see what it's like. And Matt's like, what do you think? I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing just the same stuff over and over again. I'm like, Christian Ross was right. But Christian Ross was now an H2O yes. main roster mainstay. Chris Bradley. Yeah. They're, right. They're good kids. I mean, we yeah, didn't... I will say that um, as someone who kind of goes all over, not only for wrestling, but I did a lot of traveling doing ring crew and stuff. Like you meet kids from all the rest, right? Like yeah. right. all the schools. And like, honestly, like Matt Tremont has some of the nicest students I've ever met in my travels. Oh, yeah, they're like, awesome. They're all so cool. They're just laid back. They love wrestling. They're really, they're honestly, they're there to help. Like, they yes. have no attitude. They have no chip on their shoulder. Like, they don't think they're better than everybody else. Like, you know, because you meet all different people from all different schools and all different walks of life. And I can honestly say that his students are some of the nicest ones I've met. Yeah. They're and very I mean, nice. Very yeah. nice. One of the guys who was helping train now is in Ring of Honor, Eric Martin. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Eric's a good guy. I like Eric. Eric's a great guy. Yeah. And I mean, be, from what uh, Preacher's doing and all the other guys are at H2O, just more power to them. It's great. I enjoy it. Okay. Well, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> you moving on like the Muppets? Moving, moving right, right along. On. Yeah, there we go. I'm a big Muppet fan. <laughs> All right, so do you have a road story? Any road story? Um, a couple. I don't know. I've had some trips that were just, like, a doozy. Me too. We, um, <laughs> yeah. we had one where, like, we drove overnight to Canada to help out an impact that was really, really long. And then um, just recently, it wasn't the collective, but, like, me and uh, my friend Chris and my friend Adam, they're referees. You probably know Chris Levin, Adam yes. Galt. Yes. We they do. were with and me. And we well. were, yeah, we were going to a GCW event in Indianapolis. We were driving overnight and you know when you're a guy and you have he like you take care of it in the car right <laughs> no big deal but like i can't do that like i am a lady and i need a bathroom so. i need a bathroom like, too i'm morning. sorry <laughs> I'm 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 a different kind of person. I need to be away from everybody. I just feel weird. So yeah, we I, were driving. It was like four in the morning. We were driving through like middle of nowhere, West Virginia, and I was like, I have to pee so bad, so bad. And like it's COVID, and like everything's closed, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die. Like. So we finally stop at like this rest stop and I'm like, cool, I'm just going to go in and pee. I'll be right out. So I go to go in and of course it's locked because, you know, COVID. And oh my God. All right. And then they have a bunch of porta potties, and but it's like four o'clock. It's like we're in the mouth. It's dark. And I'm like, I'm not going in there like having a snake bite me on the ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no way am I going to like some haunted, like creepy porta potty in a mountain in West Virginia. So I'm like looking around and we're the only ones there that like, go oh, as much as it pains me because it's not late like I'm just gonna go around the back of the building and just pee very quickly and then just come back to the car and I go around the back of the building to pee and as soon as I like squat down to pee like all these lights just come on and I'm like a deer at the headlights like and you can't stop peeing and I'm just like oh my god and they're all laughing and it's so hard <laughs> like I can't stop it's like these lights are just like flashing and, like I was so embarrassed but oh my goodness I had to pee so bad that was definitely one of the more recent like just experiences I've had that was like just Silly and crazy and fun. You always have a good time though when you travel with right people. I I'd be the asshole because I do voiceovers, so I'd be the asshole. <laughs> Dave, what are you doing? 
you know, when you get on the really, really long trips, and by long trip, I mean, like, anything that's, like, 8, 10, 12 hours, because right. those do exist, and you, you do take them occasionally as a pro wrestler. Um, but you get on those long trips, and you're in the car with people, and it's, like, it's fine going one way, and then you do the show, and then you decide you're going to drive back same night, because you're all crazy. <laughs> and, like, you'll have been in the car four hours after being, being, everybody's been up more than 24 hours, and, like, it always happens. There's always somebody in the car, like, you guys, I gotta tell you some shit. And, like, that's when you know it's coming. Like, they've cracked <laughs> <laughs> without food, water, guys want to see something for like scary for 24 hours and like whatever weighing on them like emotionally and mentally for the past six months just comes out in the wash and you know it's going to be like some crazy stuff but on the other side of that like the cool thing when that happens is like everybody's friends and it's nice that we can all be there to support each other for oh, yeah. things that happen to us I totally but, yeah, every time somebody just like wakes up and they're just like I gotta get something off my chest and you're like here it comes <laughs> It's like, oh shit. So <laughs> buckle in. I totally understand looking for places to go to the bathroom. I Uber and it's so weird that I can't find a place to go to the bathroom and, and like I went I I try to find anywhere plus the COVID thing, but we were right. heading up to New Jersey somewhere and like pulled oh. over to a Wawa and um it was and I put gas in the car and I'm Titan. like I have to go to the bathroom. So um I told the guys like um I'm giving him the keys so um when you're done um he's gonna take over there. I need to go to the bathroom. Bathroom. He goes, oh, the bathrooms are closed. I'm like, why are they closed? Because of COVID. I was like, every so, time. So how's COVID gonna get me in the toilet? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's no like public trash cans anymore either. That's like nope. been something that's hard to find with COVID. Yeah. It's like they've somehow removed all of the public like, trash cans. All right, I got my wipes. So like, okay. Like, but you know what I was thinking about it? And I think the reason that they have done the trash can thing is there's probably in places where there's a homeless population, they don't want homeless people like digging through the trash for things maybe, and contracting maybe. COVID that way. That's that the it. only thing I think. But it's definitely been um, interesting having to adapt still traveling with COVID, you know, whether yes. it be wearing like when I, if I have to fly, I just recently did a trip to Vegas. I wore an N95 mask and a cloth mask over it for like a power flight and <laughs> that was not fun but i did yeah. it because it's what's safe yeah. and and just like if you're in the car like just not being able to find a spot to pee not being able to find food like i've eaten more mcdonald's in the past three months than i've ever eaten in my life because oh, there's gosh. just nothing open and it's like you can't like it's crazy um when i was driving back from iowa in april of last year i drove mm. back by myself i left davenport and i was like there's no way i can do this by myself in one day i'm gonna have to stop halfway yeah. but i did not like it was when everything was really really locked down and like there was no food until i got to pittsburgh i was finally able to stop and like get some food and get a hotel but like everything in the midwest was just completely locked down and it's just you know having to plan for that now is like well, i guess i better make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because it's like you can't just go oh i'm just gonna pop in here and grab food because everything's closing early too oh yeah, and right. a lot of times we get out of our shows late like not super late but like 10 or 11 o'clock at night you know and, and yeah. everything's closing at like eight or nine now so it's like you can't even get fast food you do we're, we're used Going, like, in, okay, hold up. In Delaware, first. they just open up bars till one o'clock in the morning. But you can't use plastic bags. Yeah, can't use plastic bags. Yeah, it didn't make sense because they said because the trees, but they're doing giving us paper bags. It's like, what about the trees? And then they're selling the bags five, five cents, ten cents. And I'm like, are they putting? But plastic they do that is in just California, and they metal. actually do it in Washington D.C. as well. They charge you for bags. They want to try to encourage people to bring like sustainable like fabric bags that are reusable. We we have a store around here called Save a Lot, and you have to buy the bags from Save a Lot. So we just take our bags from the trip. My whole thing. Yeah, is, I mean. Yeah. I have a habit of doing that from living in D.C. It's like you just keep a shopping bag in your car or whatever in case it gets stuff so you don't get charged for a bag. But right. I think it's good. I think it's, if it's small.
small things that make a difference and like it's obviously something that takes getting used to but you can you can do that and what save a tree it? here and there it's <laughs> it's it's kind of hard when you do instacart yeah what was it rule number 23 enjoy the little things yeah but well i know um was it um aldi you have to put the quarter in the shopping cart yeah they're all doing that now you return the cart yeah that's nice though you should return your shopping cart my whole thing is cart dark I, <laughs> I like that show <laughs> but i i always i always take it like if somebody needs a cart i give it to them because pay it forward that's my whole thing is pay it forward and the lady's like huh oh, yeah. you don't want the court no just pay it forward give it to somebody else next they're like huh they're like what's so hard to like give it to the next person you know what i mean pay it forward be nice be friendly you know i went on a run i was at the um last gcw show in atlantic city the blind season was this blind season i can't oh the new year's the new year's show and i went on a run to get water and we went to save a lot because that's like the only thing close where we are on the boardwalk that you can get that type stuff yeah. and i felt so bad because like you know i had a quarter and i put it in the thing and i went to go get the water but there's like a security guard and the save a lot and people just keep asking him like you got a quarter can you break a dollar and i'm like man this poor guy he probably just walks around with a pocket full of quarters now because he, he knows he knows everybody's gonna come in and be hitting them up for quarters <laughs> he's got that quarter machine on him like they do at the arcades and stuff yeah, like that yeah they need to give it to him i felt so bad for him i forgot a quarter one time to go in the audience and i'm like I don't know how to get anything. And the lady comes up like after I'm like, do you want a card? I'm like, yes, thank you. You want a quarter? And she's like, no, I think I had two dimes and a nickel or something like that. Cause I didn't have a quarter. <laughs> I was like, do you want change? And like, no, you're good. Yeah, we can do that. You want to do that one? Yeah, I'll do that one. I'll do that one. Yeah, you want me to do that one? You do that one. You want me to do that one? You got that one. Okay. Got okay. Wrote a song about it. Oh yeah. Want to hear it? Yeah. Answer the next question. So <laughs> I am a big fan of pranks and ribs. And <laughs> <laughs> this is us on a daily. Sorry, <laughs> we're we're crazy. You <laughs> see us in stores, <laughs> yeah, and see all the pranks we do. <laughs> Speaking of pranks, so I'm a big fan of pranks and ribs, and I like to mess with people nicely, not not like destroy their life or um, do anything stupid. That no, I'm not screwed. No. Like I go over days and at like six o'clock in the morning to wake them up early, and I'm like, I'm here. What do you want to do? And he's like, No, you're not here. Beep the horn. I beep the horn. So motherfucker. <laughs> so I am a friendly river, you know what I mean? And it's that's how that's how I am. I wouldn't do anything that would like harm somebody. One yeah. of the one of the good ones we did was when we were driving to Canada for impact, it was um we had Chris in the car and he was just sleeping in the back the whole time, but he had his fanny pack on. Because yeah, all wrestlers have fanny packs. Like every time we'd stop to get gas or whatever, we would like very carefully unzip the front part of it and like put something random in it. And we did it like six times. And like he didn't notice until like we were up there for three days. Like he just texted all of us randomly in the group chat, like, were you guys putting stuff in my face? <laughs> three days later. But it was, like it's silly, you know, it was it was harmless. It wasn't like you were doing anything that could have hurt him already. So geek out moment. Meeting somebody and you're like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. We got plenty but, of yeah, we all do. Yeah. I mean, but some people like to call it mark out moments, but we like to call it geek out moments. Yeah, you we, ever... we don't want to be that mark. I don't know if I have any like meeting people. I mean, I always think it's kind of cool to meet people like I grew up like watching as a kid. Like, you know, I got to meet Tommy Dreamer once and that was really cool. Yeah. It, but like, Best I don't know, like I really don't, I don't get like that feeling. Cause like to me, like everybody, we're all just people, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try not to put too much weight in it, but there are like things I've seen in wrestling that I thought were really, really, really cool. Um, one thing was a little bit more recently. I was helping out at impact like two years ago, they did a pay-per-view at the 2300 arena oh. and the great, 
great Muda wrestled a match. He was partners with Tommy Dreamer, and they wrestled. We were there. Uh, Taya, that was House of Hardcore. Taya. Oh, you guys were there. We were there. Yeah, we yeah were there. okay. Yeah. I was I was there helping out, like just you know setting chairs and doing that type of thing. That was icon. Um, that was that day too. We were there. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, I actually think I was there because I also brought a. Bu- there was like a guy that had a bunch of um, Electric Factory um, screen printed posters, and I bought like seven off of them. Yes. 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 I would love to have it because like I collect screen printed posters, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Anyways, um, it was Dreamer and Muda versus Taya and Morrison. Yes. And yes. I just I I obviously I love the great Muda. Um, he's one of my influences because I just love how otherworldly he is, and I am a witch, and I want people to kind of have that reaction to we... me when I come out. But to to be there and see him wrestle like in America, even at this at this time you know it was just so cool like i had a little tiny mark out moment like oh my god it's a great fucking muda holy shit you know because <laughs> like, i was i was sitting actually in the ring area with uh, my friend Vic was ringing the bell and i was collecting you know gimmicks like robes and stuff that would be passed we out. were right there so i remember just sitting Literally, there we and right just there. being like oh this is so cool so, like i definitely had a mark out moment for that and then when i was 13 my mom took me to a smackdown house show and i got to see eddie guerrero wrestle ultimo dragon and i just thought even at that i thought that was so cool that was yeah. the coolest thing to me and it wasn't like i didn't need e- either of them or anything like that but just being there in that moment i thought was like very very you was know? that the same night that sunny was there or was I, that a different show i don't everything's put together in my right now it's like there was a lot going on that day because i remember yeah. like when we got there like we couldn't load the ring in until they cleaned up all the tables and everything was super on a crunch schedule oh so yeah it was it was all nuts that day that day was nuts. so one one of my geek out moments was um taking dave on his birthday all the way to <laughs> Red Bank, New Jersey, because we are a big fan of Kevin Smith movies. My huge Jane and Silent Bob. Oh, cool. If you've ever seen the show Comic Book Man on A&E, or AMC, or whatever it is, so mm-hmm. we, we went to the actual secret stash, stash. where they film stuff from mall rats and clerks and stuff like that. So, oh, that's I, fun. So I we walk in. I thought that was a great movie. <laughs> yes, right, yeah. so if you've ever seen, like, Comic Book Man or whatever, but you've seen mall rats, right? So walk I've in. I've seen mall rats, yeah. And Wolf Flanagan standing right there. Yeah, that was cool. Right, yeah, that was and cool. Mike Zamsik was behind the counter, and I'm like, "This is fucking awesome." <laughs> so, and then Mike's like, "Wait a minute." And then Mike's like, "Well, you guys are fans, right? Been a fan since '93." He he says, "Put it in this address, and this will take you to the Quick Stop." I'm like, "Okay." Oh yeah, the Quick Stop. Okay. Right. That's really neat. I always forget that. So we went in the quick stop, bought <laughs> some food like and drinks. pictures in front of it. Yes, like, yes. we did that. pictures in front of it all the time, yeah. Yeah, we're planning on doing it again because they're moving the secret <laughs> stash. And... They're moving up to, they're at 35 main right now, but they're moving up to 65 main to a bigger building. So we'll so, be there. Yeah, we're going to go up that way. Definitely. That'll be an awesome road trip. We'll go on Facebook Live. I love doing that. Just get on Facebook Live and just see what people will tell us what to do. And yeah. I, like, I like to go up, like one of my gimmick things, like going up to people and it's like, hey, you want to be in a day picture? <laughs> or asking if their name is Billy. Oh, yeah. I do ask people if their name is Billy. Okay, so I did actually have a little bit of a mark out moment the first night I did go to Black and Brave and we're doing like all the conditioning and stuff. And I'm like, wow, holy shit, that is Seth Rollins. He is here and he is yelling at me to do more burn. <laughs> like I did, because it's like, you're always like, is he really, like, really going to be here? But it's like, he was there and he was there a lot for us, like all the time teaching us and very hands on. But it is that first initial moment you have that feeling where you're like, all right, he's 
here. That's him in the flesh. He's here. Yeah, he was at Christiana Mall for autograph. Um, was that Comcast? Uh, at Feinstein's I've table? never actually been to an autograph signing for a wrestler. Would you believe that? Like, wow. we just never went as kids. Like, I think it was just really expensive. Like, that... I don't know, like, because I wasn't, like, a parent in that time period. But yeah. I just never, like, I don't remember us doing that. But we always went to the shows. But, like, we never yeah. did, like, any of the meet and greets or anything some like that. Of them, some was... of the meet and greets are free. Well, uh, Comcast, Comcast, Comcast yeah. stuff like that. The Seth cricket. Rollins cricket one was free. That's not something I actually have a lot of knowledge on, believe it or not. So well, I don't it's really either. interesting because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh my God, you know, when I was a kid and I was a fan of wrestling and then I have this picture with so-and-so and I met them when I was eight and now I'm a wrestler and it's so cool and it's like, I don't have anything like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, like the, but I did. I went to a lot of the shows. I just never got to go to a meet and greet growing up I, or I, anything like that. So there is one other geek out moment I had when Damien Priest started on NXT because Damien Priest came from the Monster yeah. Factory. Punishment Martinez, right? Yeah. So I, I'm um, sitting I there. I thought that was it. Best in the World, Ring of Honor in Baltimore, 2018. He wrestled Adam Page. Yes. And I was there for yes. that. Yeah, they had like the street fight, and that was right before he um got called up, and that was also right before All In and all of that stuff started. Right. We were we were at the factory we were doing a um we were doing something with cw anderson at the fact and i'm walking by the, the little gym he's in there working out and i walk by i'm like hey louise he looks at me and goes, hey. shake his hand and then go about doing what i'm doing mm-hmm. so that was kind of cool oh that's great yeah. that's amazing that was yeah. a different story i haven't heard that one before you haven't heard that one no <laughs> it's a different story <laughs> you broke me uh, so catering the, the blue meanie said it one of the, one of the best um ever promos on the microphone he comes out to do something for hoh they think he is in the match. He goes, no, I'm not in this match. I'm just here with a cheap pop and catering. Turns back around and goes in the back. So leads us to this question because of the blue meanie. Best catering? What about catering? I'm sorry. Hold on. You lost me on that. <laughs> I was listening and I heard like blue meanie and catering. And then I just like, I, did so. I didn't make the connection. Right. So I'm so, so sorry. So meanie said he was only there for the catering. So the question oh, okay. is, which I mean, place had the I've, best I've catering? I've never gotten catering. The best catering? I've never gotten catering. That wow. is outrage. Not at this point in my career. That is outrage. We're going to buy pizza next time you're around. Hot dog and handshake. you know who, um, there's a guy who does catering for some of the shows in Maryland, and maybe you've had his food. He's a pop barbecue, and he does like yes. meatballs and the macaroni and cheese and the pulled pork. That's great. He does the catering for MCW. Yes, it's incredible catering. So good, such good stuff. I have I, had the luxury of having that, but I have not worked shows with catering. Jeez. I went in. I was, <laughs> I was I've always back had the kind there. of forage for food on my own. Another story. If you go back I, to I, Delaware, wait, wait, wait. Um, hold up. We're, we're gonna give her a pizza oh God, place. Plug. We're gonna plug a pizza place. So silly okay. to go. But I think it's the best pizza I ever had. I'm picky about food, and I. They all know that. And, um, well, that's good to know. I'm going to, I'll remember that. So it's on Mar- Marsh and Silverside in North Wilmington, not that far from Christiana. You know what I mean? It's like okay. Maybe like 15 minutes up towards the Philly way. Um, all right. So it's called Sicily to Go. And Alex okay. and Anthony are big wrestling fans. So, so wait. So if you still mention this podcast, do they still receive 10% off? Shut up. I don't know. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, pizza's great and all, but where, where's my discount? Yeah, right. where is my discount? God, no. So, real quick. They're friends for went, life. I went to MCW, and I went in the back to go to try to eat something. It was gone. All that barbecue was gone. Mm. Didn't yeah, help that Patrick pizza. Clark like, was gotta... sitting in the, in the recliner behind me, but still. The, <laughs> the day you do something with WWE backstage and 
their catering. I heard it's amazing. I've heard that too. I, um, I've unfortunately started my career during a pandemic. So the opportunity to do extra work does not present itself to me, Right. Yeah. but I've heard that from friends who have had that experience. It is quite phenomenal. Oh, yeah. One day, one day I will get to see Nectar of the Gods that is WWE catering. That's yes. on my- So <laughs> I hope I'm one of your guests to like drive you there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in the passenger seat. We'll go live. Um, so if you could go back in time, start earlier, would you? I don't think so. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder about that because I am 30. But the other thing is, I, I really appreciate that I am a little bit older, that I have, that I went to college, that I have a job outside of wrestling. It affords me to be very picky and choosy with my opportunities, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I just need to go work anywhere to get the quick $40 payday. Right. It's really having that education and that career behind me has given me the opportunity to be a little bit more strategic in how I go about navigating the wrestling world. So yeah. I don't necessarily think I would change it. I um, I also think the other thing that's good about being a little bit older is you just think about things differently. Like when you're 20 or 21, like you're just a dumbass kid. Like I was a dumbass <laughs> kid <laughs> 21. You know? And yeah, yeah, no, have no, like you've never really, most people haven't had to like live on their own, pay their bills, like work a steady job yet. Like they've never had like that real world experience experience and they don't mm-hmm. or they haven't finished college or they don't have any professional world experience and i just think like having a little bit of life experience under your belt like help it helps you navigate situations um i i think just having experience working in office buildings and those type settings i feel like i do decently navigating professional conversations better like i i understand like how to work with people a little right. bit better than you do when you're like 19 or 20 like and everything feels like such a big deal it becomes like you can think before you speak and you can really learn how to like assess situations and offers and manipulate them to your advantage. You know, you just get, you just have a better grounding if you're yeah. a little bit older. So like, I don't think I would change it. Honestly, I'm totally happy with the decisions I've made. Um, That's awesome. And it's so, it's so rare too. I mean, you see people get signed at like 19 and 20 these days, but like it's, it's so rare and it's not something that's in the cards for the majority of people. So I don't think that it's wise to put your eggs all in that basket. Yeah. I think that it's really smart. Like even if you're going to start young, like you should definitely still go to college. I don't think that'll hurt you. Even if you're just taking community college classes, like an education is always a good thing to have to fall back on. Especially right. when you're pursuing something like professional wrestling. And yeah. if for no other reason, if you have an education, you can get a job that will afford you the opportunity to take time off and travel to do it comfortably. You know, you won't be like scrounging, you know, it'll give you a little bit more of a grasp on your situation. So if I was talking to somebody who was young that was getting into wrestling, I would definitely encourage them to like pursue college while pursuing wrestling because it'll make it easier for them in the long run. Now, if you don't mind me asking, what is your day job? I am a senior graphic designer for a political communication firm. That's pretty cool. Oh, Designer. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun. I love I, I, I love making art. I love that I put art in my career. That's pretty awesome. Do you have a favorite match? Of yours. Of yours. Of my own? Yes. Um, I've only had like eight of them, but Okay, think... out of the eight. <laughs> out of the eight. Out of the out of the eight, like I said, I'm still very new. But out of the eight, I really think that one of my matches that I've had that was my favorite is I actually just had a match that will be on Camp Leapfrog, Valentine's Camp Love Frog. 
our Valentine's Day show. Uh, Still Life with Apricots and Pears is hosting a Valentine's Day party at Camp Leapfrog. <laughs> and I have a match on that show. It'll be airing on Valentine's Day at 8 p.m. And I think that's my favorite match I've had so far. I really just enjoyed that match. It was phenomenal. I don't want to give too much away about it, but it is my favorite one I've had so far. So please watch. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen these two, Still Life in Paris, watch them. Oh, dude, they're, they're amazing. They're out there with Lost Ice Creams. Yes, dude, I love they, um, Still Life with Apricots and Pears is such an amazing performer. I think they're incredible. Yes. And they really made Camp Love Frog special. And they have a match on that show with Effie. Ooh, so I like Effie. That is something that you have to tune in to see as well because it was an excellent match. We have a great lineup. That was such a fun project to be a part of. Who, be on run, IWTV. who, Make, who really runs Leap Frog? Uh, Chris Levin. Okay, he does, he does the whole okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought that, but I didn't want to. It's wanna... like his uh, baby. His, uh, Baby, yeah. Yeah, and I love and the concept too. In certain ways, but it, it's Chris. It's his idea. Yeah, yeah. I that's awesome, man. A lot of respect. It's so different from anything else that's going on in wrestling right now. It, it has good wrestling. Like everything at Camp Leap Frog is phenomenal from the wrestling standpoint. But I really like that it adds that story element. Yes. And the matches have purpose, and it's just fun. And sometimes it's a little campy, like when we did our Halloween special, right? But <laughs> it's just such an enjoyable project to be a part of, and it's it's so different. If you need something like refreshing and pro wrestling i definitely encourage you to watch camp leapfrog because it will fill the holes that you have in the pro uh, i watched a few of them like they're pretty wrestling. good they're funny yes they are funny i watched yeah them. the guys saw what well, was i'm it? glad you guys enjoyed them yeah devictus and i forget the other guy were doing the one during the summer where they were doing like arts and crafts yeah oh um deshaun and devontes yes, <laughs> yes. Deshaun Pratt, yeah. arts and craft right you know devontes has just got to chill he would be excellent at making bracelets if he would just take a breath <laughs> and not flip my table over oh my goodness yes yes that was fine so was much great. negative energy <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so where did you i'll do that where did your gimmick come from um my family are actually the real gimmick it's not like pretend i i don't play the witch i am the witch okay <laughs> so that's kind of where it came from especially you know in wrestling school everybody's given the advice to do a gimmick that's a part of you so it's not like you're acting so much right gotcha. like it's something that you have an investment in and yeah my family are practicing witches they go back seven generations to ireland so that's where a lot of my um gimmick starts and originates we do a lot of uh, moon magic and a lot of the magic that we practice is centered around energy direction and karma so i'm the conduit of karma that's kind of cool and it works perfect yeah it's, it's super fun and i always feel like it's like i don't feel like i'm being something not which is nice it just feels like a louder version of who I am as a person. Yeah. I, I, whatever anybody believes in, I, I'm 100% for it. Because I, I, I got kicked off on Facebook for like... Um, twice. Twice because I was... Oh, arguing. you got put in Facebook jail. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> twice. Because somebody wanted to call... I, I don't care what religion you are, you are and whatever. And um, the person said something about um, um, Scientology. And I was like, was it Tom Cruise? But and I'm like, dude, it's somebody's religion. Why you may, why you're saying it's a cult? It's well, somebody's religion. Well, for me, it's not so much. It's from a wrestling standpoint. It's not so much about like introducing the world to my spirituality as it is giving them something to believe in, to suspend yeah. their disbelief for a moment and believe, yeah. you know, that I am a witch, whatever that means to them. Yeah. And even if it's like, I love like in Camp Leapfrog how I have witch powers. Yes. I think that's so fun. <laughs> and that we always try to incorporate that into the match after the, especially considering now we're, we're in a phase where there's not fans, right? 
right? So why wouldn't you try to get away with stuff like that? There's nobody there and sitting in the crowd to be like, well, that's bullshit. She's not a witch. You know, <laughs> like, there was no lightning. I, I mean, it's, it's fun. I think more people should explore that. And I was actually really excited to see WWE kind of exploring that otherworldly thing with Alexa Bliss and The Fiend and her throwing the fireball at Randy Orton. It's yes. like, there's no fans there to tell people that that didn't actually happen. So, like, who's to say? Yeah, and I, I love that they're lightning. Yes, yeah, just dipping lightning. back into that ascension of your belief that yeah. it seems to be a lost art these days. I mean, people will suspend their beliefs to, like, pretend that shit like Captain America is real, right? Like, yeah. why not? But, yeah. but they have an issue with it when it comes to wrestling. And it's like, that's just silly to me. I think that you should have fun with it. Oh, and if you can uh, get away with throwing lightning at your opponents, you absolutely should. <laughs> uh, if you remember, Vince McMahon and um, Shane wrestled God. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's out there. You know, I've inspired everybody in the crowd. So. I thought the cinematic match, The Undertaker, or not The Undertaker, um, yeah, The Undertaker had with AJ Styles at this past WrestleMania was incredible. I thought that was so much fun. I really oh would yes. love to do a cinematic match, especially with my character. I think that that would be, there's so much room there to do something really fun. So that's on my list for this year is to do a cinematic match. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. But, I mean, if you need actors, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> But like back to the um the whole um so she said um Scientology is a cult and I said so is um Christians and Catholics and and that's where I got um banned because I was just trying to make my point like if you're calling something it's not your business it's like other people believe in something yeah. they think once you bring religion into it it's a different story yeah and and then boom I'm banned for a while and I had to wait and and then um somebody wrote something about the COVID thing and I'm like oh don't they know um because the schools are doing computers and all that. It's like, don't compu- don't they know computers um, get viruses too? And I got banned for um, Facebook jail for, for saying the word virus. Yes, I said virus. And <laughs> so I I tried not to do anything any anymore on Facebook saying anything crazy. I'm I'm done. I need just to be peaceful. Yeah. Like, hey, I was just being myself, being funny. And uh, they don't think it is. Nope. Uh, so where are we at? Um, memorabilia. So I am a big fan of collecting things. Me too. And I have a Bret, I'm a big Bret Hart fan. Bret Hart's my all-time favorite wrestler and um i have his book signed and framed up in a um shadow box and everything and hanging up on my wall do you have anything that you have in your collection that is your favorite thing in the world i have a ring of honor flyer from a show in 2007 at the windy city field house in chicago that i got signed and that's one of my favorite ever it's signed by nigel mcginnis it's signed by delirious it's signed by colt cabana jimmy jacob matt seidel and claudio and it's just one of my favorite little pieces of wrestling memorabilia just because I always kind of have wanted to be a wrestler and I was like one day I'm gonna work for Ring of Honor and I've always kept it I still have it to this day god knows how many years later it's framed it's in my house and it's one of my favorite little pieces of um wrestling memorabilia because it just has always reminded me to keep the dream alive you know yes, so yes. that's why I like that it's not like take a, a picture and send it to or me. anything yeah. I, will. I, I was refing a match for pro wrestling unplugged and it was Gangrel and Z-Bar versus Kid America and I forget who the guy was and I see in the corner of my eye Claudio walk in we're looking 2005 and I'm like I love the kings of wrestling when I was a teenager I love watching right. Ring of Honor I did too <laughs> me too so I'm like oh my god Claudio's walking in I can step up my game and everything I'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> It was funny. I'm like, oh. I used to like have a bunch of Ring of Honor DVDs too. I would always buy the DVD, watch them because I was like, oh my god, where else can I see AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson? And, right. You know, ECWA. Like all I... these, all those guys. I love, I love that Ring of Honor has brought the pure title back. I think that's 
so incredible. Yes. And not just because I like technical pure wrestling, but I just think it's so neat and that there's a whole new generation and like Jonathan Gresham's leading this huge revival of pure style wrestling. It's incredible. I love, like, I love that. I think that's one of the best things that's happened in wrestling this year. I love I love that how geekness you know, about wrestling you are and I love it like the passionate and all that stuff. So I'm a movie guy. I love so wrestling. Much as wrestling and movies, the same thing. <laughs> same here. Same here. Like I I, I'm wrestling. a I'm a huge horror guy. I have a um, John Carpenter autograph poster and a Bruce Campbell autograph poster. So that's my geek out moments or my geeky memorabilia right there. Okay, let's move on down. We did that. Yeah. So what is the hardest bump you have done so far? Uh, everybody has bumps they don't like to take. And I think yeah. it's different for each person. Yeah. I don't like taking a kitchen sink bump. Mm. I have I have a hard time doing that and like making it look bad, but not hurting myself. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> just my body just doesn't want to do it. And it's just a train wreck every single time. And I guess it looks really good because it's kind of supposed to look like a train wreck when you take that bump. But like, I, I don't enjoy those. And I'm trying to think of the other ones that I really just... I really, like, I'm light. Like, I'm tall, but I'm light. So, like, whenever I take a back body drop off somebody, they flink. And I'm just like, why are you doing why? I remember when we did them at Black and Brave, like, this uh, one dude gave me one. And, like, he chucked me probably, like, 10 feet up in the air. And there was, like, this moment where I was, like, literally doing the dog paddle in the air. <laughs> like, no! Like, slow motion. And then, like, obviously, you tuck your head and you, you bump. But I was, like, I, like, sat up, like, Ugh. Like my soul left my body. So that's like the two that I am just personally not a fan of. Everybody has their bumps they don't like. A lot of people don't like spine busters. I hear that a lot, but those don't seem to bother me as much. Like I just I hate a kitchen sink. Oh my goodness. If I never have to take a kitchen sink ever again, I'll be so happy. <laughs> But honestly, you know, because I like technical and pure wrestling, like, I don't take a lot of bumps. And I try to make my opponents not have to take unnecessary bumps, right, sake of doing it. I try to make sure everything that, if there is going to be something like that in a match, that it, it makes sense. I recently wrestled a girl, Strella, out in Vegas, and she was way bigger than me. She was very much a dominant imposing force. She was, like, 6'2". Yeah, and wow. the only bump that I made her take in the match was at the end when I finally threw, like, I just did a running crossbody and just threw my entire weight at her to finally knock her off her feet but then it, it gave it meaning and it made sense right so i try to like not have stuff like that in my matches personally because i i want i want things to have meaning yeah. and i also don't want to like make people do shit that sucks because at the end of the day <laughs> it's like we all got to take care of ourselves you and know, you know the other thing that's really interesting is there's always like if it's a multi-man match there's always some crazy person that's like i'm gonna climb up here and i'm gonna do this through a table it's gonna be fucking sick and you're like yeah yeah you do that you do that because if they do it I encourage right. people like I'm like you want to be crazy you go for it you have that moment you own it because like that's their thing right like yeah. I'm not going to do it better than them like let them do what they do really well oh, yes. so it's finding a balance I'm, I'm not necessarily like the person that's trying to take the biggest craziest bump but there's plenty of people that do do that and, you know I balance am... I suppose yeah yeah. and it's like I'd much rather people do less and really have time for me to appreciate the things they are doing if that makes sense appreciate Maybe the little things like he said just on... appreciate the things like don't let everything overshadowed so so when you wanted to get into the business sport of pro wrestling what did your parents think or family or um, family my family, are, my family are big wrestling fans so like they thought it was like they come to my shows if they're like drivable distance like they're totally supportive i'm very fortunate because i've actually met a lot of people in wrestling whose families are not super supportive of them pursuing it and that's yeah, so sad so is. i always feel very grateful that my family is very much into it and enjoys it and they, like i said they took us as kids and stuff so it kind of helps that they were fans my mom worries 
place sometimes because my mom was like a trauma nurse oh. she ran the er so yeah. like she's like you know everything that's bad that can happen she's totally seen it so wow. but she, she's it's nice to have her support too and i think she just she just wants to see me do something that makes me happy and i think that that's all any parent could ever want for their kids right just, just see your kids doing stuff that makes them happy my my mom went once saw my brother take a power bomb and she said nope never again <laughs> I think my mom appreciates the art of wrestling too. Like, um, obviously I've been able to have conversations with her now that I am a wrestler, that it's very much like eater. Right. And it, right. It's, everybody is trained and it, you know, there's a way to do it in a way that protects everybody that's in there partaking in the activity. And like, since we've had those conversations, she's definitely like more comfortable with the prospect of me wrestling, but wrestling is still very dangerous. And mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try to take care of each other or do stuff, right. Like accidents happen and people get hurt and you're sore, you know, it, it does. Oh, like, yeah. I feel like the best way to describe what wrestling feels like, because somebody asked me the other day, what's that feel like? And I asked them if they had ever been in like a minor car crash and they looked at me and they were horrified. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's like that whiplash feel you get after somebody mm. like rear end you, you know, but it only lasts like a day or two. And, and, you know, I try to take really good care of myself too. I do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of stretching. I CrossFit, you know, I'm active. I try to move, um, eat, eat a decent diet, like. Get, get the right amount of sleep. Everything I can do to try to preserve my body, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not a partier or anything, so. No, people ask me that. that. People ask me that question, and I'll be like, do you ever do stunt work? Yeah, that's that's a great way to equate it to like, right. stunt work. I just tell them I get hit by chairs, but I'm not really a wrestler. <laughs> Chris Heimer. Well, uh, the nice thing is taking care of your body, and it's actually so nice to see, like, a lot of us that are coming up in wrestling right now are more mindful of that. Like, there right. was a big party mentality in the 90s and the 80s, right? Like, oh, yeah. Women oh, yeah. like rock stars, but but um, time has shown us that that's not necessarily the most kind your body. So it's nice to be people that are invested in wrestling now, like students that are up and coming and the new wrestlers and even like the bigger indie stars of today are very much into like, not like living in the gym, but just like taking care of themselves a little bit better. And that's so good because that's going to prolong your career. If you take care of yourself, if you, Correct. you know, if you have good mobility, if you have passive mobility, if you, when you have injuries, if you address them instead of dealing with them being nagging, like those are the sorts of things that'll like add longevity to your career. So it's nice to see everybody kind of taking care of each other in that aspect. I changed my whole lifestyle. I, I chewed tobacco all my life. I quit that. I um, drank a lot. I quit that. I don't smoke. I still so drink, but not as not as much. I'm just saying. I changed my no, lifestyle. No, I know, but I'm just saying. I, I, I changed what I ate. Everybody knows that. Because I'm allergic to peanuts and um, celery and carrots and Yeah, whenever he bread. comes over to my house and I cook, I'm like, all right, I'm putting this in it. Please don't touch it. Yeah, I'm... I have to watch what I eat, and, and I feel well, so you know, much it's better. Interesting because you you make those lifestyle changes, and you you do feel better. Like I do not drugs. I don't really drink. I'll maybe have a beer every once in a while. And by a beer, I literally mean like a, a single beer. beer. <laughs> yeah, I um I don't I don't really stay up late. I try to get sleep. You know, I mean I don't eat a strict diet. I will tell you guys that like I'm not like a crazy diet person. There are like a lot of people in wrestling that are like super into like keto diet or like bodybuilder type diets, and it's mm-hmm. like I just try to do like what I call reasonable eating which is like don't eat things that you know are not good for you but it's okay like last night i had a rice krispie treat it made me really really happy so i just try to like balance <laughs> it and like just be be aware it's like mind you know it's not depriving yourself and it's not like adhering to an extremely strict diet but it is like having the treats but also like knowing that like okay i need to actually eat food of stuff like green vegetables and like meat and like starchy mm-hmm. carbs like that's not mcdonald's or See, taco. <laughs> i i hate eating green vegetables i i, I can't eat my lincoln but how 
However, I will drink something called a mean green. I'm making peace. Oh, okay. I think okay. most people hate like broccoli and stuff because like a lot of us have this memory of eating broccoli as kids and our parents would just like Brussels microwave sprouts. frozen broccoli. Yeah, they just would microwave the frozen broccoli in the bag and then dump it in the bowl and be like, eat this. It has no seasoning. But if you learn how to cook your vegetables and like season them and cook them different ways, like it's really, it's this whole new, like it opened a whole new door of like cooking and eating to me. Like, oh, wow. Okay. I can cook Brussels sprouts like this and I can cook broccoli like this and it, it doesn't just have to be this mushy frozen stuff in a bowl from the microwave that my parents gave me when I was a kid you know See, they'll come over on weekend on Sundays to do the show and I'll make breakfast this morning I made cheesesteak egg scrambles put the cheesesteak in it peppers onions oh like a steak yeah kind of but then I put <laughs> I made homemade um, petal sauce instead of going with less ingredients in it than you would see in the stores. They eat the hell of it. They do it all the time. Everything I make when everybody comes over is fresh. I don't ever buy anything with added ingredients and then I make them work out. Yeah, when you're, um, <laughs> one of the things I try to do is when I'm grocery shopping is like avoid the middle of the grocery store and just shop the perimeter because that's where like all the junky snack food stuff is. Hey, and if I don't right. even go near it, like I'm not tempted to buy it. I want the cookies. So that's like something I do. Cheetos. Now I really like the Walmart grocery three pickup where that you just kind of like pick what you want and they just put it in your car like that's that's so great to me because i hate <laughs> going to the grocery store like all those people in there are like super rude and it gives me anxiety i just <laughs> i like grocery delivery you have to go <laughs> shopping with me and you'll have fun <laughs> just no, so I, you know I if really dave's like, ever in maryland he does his shopping overwhelms me and like makes me feel like i'm gonna have a panic attack i am not kidding <laughs> like i really just like go to instacart for her oh my gosh um <laughs> no the funny thing is um there's people there was a family four walking to um the store at giant and i started walking behind them and they turned around and i'm like ain't this the tour of giant and they started laughing and i i do crazy things everywhere i go so i want to make people laugh if i don't they don't have a sense of humor i tell them you don't have a sense of humor and i'm walking away moving right along oh like the muppets right i love the muppets are you ready? Yeah, I can't wait. Like at some point, the Muppets are gonna be on Disney Plus. And, All five seasons. And nobody's gonna see me for like for weeks. five seasons. <laughs> for five seasons worth, yes. It's the Muppet Show. See how old I am? Yeah, we're up there. I mean, I watched Muppets growing up. Like I remember the Great Muppet Caper was my favorite. Oh my kids. gosh, I I, I liked uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. I don't know why. Maybe because I like the new one, the one with Jason, the one that Jason Segel wrote. Okay, I like that one. That one was good. But I liked um, Muppets Take Manhattan because Sesame Street characters were in it. Right. And mm. I am a big fan of Grover. The one, the one thing I loved about the new Muppets movie was the fact that what was it? Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which was also a Jason Segel movie. Yeah. He sang the Muppet song while he was depressing about the girl. Oh yeah. Go look at it. it was funny. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> now, like, yes, 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 yes. Give me a second. Um. Okay, this is a new thing I started. It's like a little game, and it's non-wrestling questions. So okay, it's 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 a little bit fun. Um, the other day we did one with Ryan T, the referee. And... Did, did we do it with the show? Oh, I know Ryan. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah Ryan's a great dude. So we did. We, we did one, and like the question came up was rabbit season or duck season. And rabbit was, season. And he um, loved it. And so I have random stuff in this little container. It, it's just random weirdness. Yes, my my craziness. And I call this my five questions. You want to do it? You, you want me to do the voiceover? Voice? Do the voiceover. Five questions of doom. I just love that. <laughs> 
So sounds so imposing. Yeah, sorry. It's a, I'm good at doing like the horror voices and stuff like that. So here's the first one. Coffee. Question number one. I didn't know you were gonna do that. Oh. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Here. Okay, coffee or tea? Tea. tea? Oh. <laughs> I like coffee too. Don't get me wrong, but everyone's. I just I really enjoy tea. Tea is very enjoyable. Yeah, I have to drink tea now. Doctor said it's crazy because when I go places, I do not put cream in my tea, and they're like, and people are like, you don't put cream in it? No, I like the taste of the the leaves. So I'm I'm gonna drink it how it is. Okay, let's what what's going on? Are you ready to say number two? Question number two. Oh, dude, this is so great. Okay, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Question number. I'm hoping for a new question that we put in today. So I'm like swiping around, hoping. We write ones up every day. Oh, you picked it for me. Ooh. I don't know if you were into this stuff, but um, childhood video game. I really enjoyed Pokemon Blue when I got it for my old school Game Boy that was like a brick <laughs> as a child. I played I played it so much. Um, I also, I had a Sega and a Super Nintendo and stuff growing up too, but I always just remember like sitting on the corner and floor of my room playing Pokemon for hours. I got the Sega um, throwback or whatever it's called upstairs where you just put the USB into the TV. Sitting playing oh, Golden cool. Axe the other night, two o'clock in the morning. So like when we waiting for the next interview today because we do two of them a day because I'm trying to get the most interviews ever in one year so mm-hmm. I'm, well, what's your goal 500 I'm, I'm planning it I brought my switch with me so my switch is chilling with me right here so I love any Mario game and I'm happy are you getting the 35th Mario Brothers 35 coming up for the switch I bet I will. <laughs> I love Paper Mario. Yes. It's one of my favorites, so. Don't know that. I, I never played that one because I think. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Question number four. The last book you read. The last book I read. Um, oh, my gosh. It was called Punk Avenue by Phil Marcade. Okay. It, he's, um, <laughs> it's about the 1970s New York City punk scene. He was like a very infamous figure that associated with a lot of bands. So it's just like kind of like a little bit part biography, but also just part stories about the bands that he worked with whether it be like the new york dolls or the sex pistols and i'm really into punk rock music so i i read a lot of stuff under that you know what the yeah. funny story is the um uh, what was his name the, the, the lead singer of the um new york dolls david uh i forget his last name but nobody realized he went from being a punk singer to being puster P- Buster Poindexter. Oh, yeah. And it was really weird. Oh, okay. Go look at the New York David, Dolls. You know who I'm David talking about. David Johnson? Yeah, something like that. Is that his name? Yeah. David Johansson. David Johansson, yeah. He was in Scrooge, played the Ghost of Christmas Past. Okay, okay. Yeah. He was a punk rock singer in the, in the 70s. Not bad. Yeah. I wasn't a punk rock. I, I feel like people always associate Johnny Thunders with the New York Dolls. And like right. Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. And then Richard Hell. And then Richard Hell and the Voidoid. So it's like a whole, like, spider web. Uh, I'm a huge one. Misfits guy, so. Oh, I love the Misfits. Me too. Um, my, 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 first, my buddy my first Ethan, my buddy Ethan Essex. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, but he's a wrestler in the area. He went when they came to New York when the Misfits came back home with Glenn Danzig. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten out to see them, but I was really excited to see that um, Jerry and Glenn are playing together. Again. Right, <laughs> I wanted to go, but I, I wasn't spending four hundred dollars. The concert I, I would won- definitely spend four hundred dollars, but I like them that much. So. Yeah, the con- the concert I wanted to see last year was on Green Day and the Hell Megator. I don't. Green Day, Weezer, Fall Out Boy. I don't care about yeah. Fall Out Boy, but I want to see Green Day and Weezer because that's my era of. Hey, I couldn't wait to work Smashing Pumpkins, Guns N' Roses, but Smashing Pumpkins was one of my favorites. And then I mean, I had the Arena Tour, which was Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, and Joan Jett. I was supposed to work all those concerts last year doing security. Are you ready to say? Question number five. Ooh, the last one. Worst concert you you have been to? Worst. 
the worst. Worst. I went and saw the Mars Volta mm. when I was in high school. Okay. And, like, they're very good. And they're very talented musicians. But, like, in person, it was just, like, it just was going on and on and on and on too long. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe I wasn't high enough to thoroughly enjoy that concert. <laughs> I, can't, I can't figure out what was going on. It just, it was one of those things where it wasn't bad. It was, like, I really have a different appreciation for them as far as sitting and listening to them at my house and then seeing them in person. It was just very, like, I don't like jam bands. And it was kind of encroaching upon jam band territory when I saw them. And it was, like, just hard for me. I don't know. It wasn't like the music was bad or anything. I just was like, nah, this wasn't the best thing. What was the best concert? The best concert I've ever been to. I definitely have to say I really enjoyed when I saw Iron Maiden because it was, like, not just music. It was it was a show. Like, every song had a theme, and they would change the set. And, like, Bruce Dickinson and, like, Steve Harris, they still have the same energy they had in the mm-hmm. 80s. Like, and it was just right. such a, it was such an experience. I really enjoyed that concert a lot. I think that's the best one I've Best one I've ever been to, I'd have to say, was the free-for-all. Metallica, 1997, in the Wells Fargo oh, parking nice. lot. So, my concerts I've ever been to was uh, maybe six of them. I don't go to that concerts. I, I go to a lot of wrestling shows. Um, I went to. I miss live music so much. I have a giant list of like bands I want to go see when everything yeah. somewhat gets back to normal. I really <laughs> enjoy going to see live music. I would go all the time, especially living in Washington D.C. Like I was yeah. really close to the Anthem and the 9:30 clubs, so I could just go whenever. Like I went to see Fish when I was in high school. Oh, see, I can't do jam bands. I just said I can't <laughs> do jam bands. That was. I just can't do it. Oh my goodness, I I don't like Fish. I don't like. <laughs> The Grateful Dead. I don't like the Disco Biscuits. I, I don't like anything. Trampled by Turtles. Like anything that would fall in that category. I just cannot get into it. I have tried. I, it's just not for me. But that's really cool that you got to go see Fish. Because I know that like they've been around for a minute now. Yeah. So they're still touring. It was it was crazy. It was a different era. I, I, I just like the music. I didn't care about the jamming part. But I did like their music. And then like I didn't go see anything till like years, years, years later. Like maybe five years ago when I saw Guns N' Roses and, and that was like an awesome tour. Um and then I and then it was um live in County Crows. I love live. We, we, we were there together. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. I loved it. My son went with us. He was, what, 12? Um, Jimmy Buffett. I, I went to that. Um, I don't remember. What was this your is, first this one? Fish. It was Fish. It was Fish, right. Yeah. And then I have to say, I think Smashing Pumpkins was my favorite one. Because, what? like, he he got changed every time for each song. And and Vince so- Neil did that when we saw Motley Crue in 06. Like, every single song, he changed for it. What was your first concert, Kai? My first concert ever? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was, like, in the 90s. My mom probably took me to see, like, NSYNC or something, I think. I I saw like 98 degrees as a child. Like that was my first concert. My because I, I was like you know eight years old. Like whatever. Like, my age. My first concert was 1996 at the Electric Factory. It was Rocket from the Crypt, Tenderloin. Oh my gosh, I love Rocket from the Crypt. Stop. They they I opened. I never knew people that like them. Right. They're they, so great. They opened though. They were like <laughs> oh, the, the pop, pre pre show. Um, it was Rocket from wow. the Crypt, Tenderloin, and Sound. Garden. Oh, I like Sound oh wow. Soul wow. Soundgarden yeah, in 96. I really, I really, in addition to like punk rock music, I really also like like 80s alternative and like early Me 90s too. obscure grunge and alternative. So mm-hmm. like, I'm I a huge Mother Love go. Bone fan. Huge Mother Love Bone. Yeah. I love like pavement. I'm a huge pavement person. Yes. They're oh my great. God. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I love Seattle grunge rock. I love, um, I love also, I love like Sonic Youth. I like Wipers. Um, anything that's in like that sub genre of music or 
I, I really tend to enjoy, um, like, which is weird because I didn't really like it when I was like younger. But like as I got like to be an older teenager, I really kind of found that that was the type of music I really wanted to listen to. Right. And my part... first job was in a skateboard shop, so I got a lot of like my exposure to new and different music from there. You know, you would go in and they'd be playing the Stooges or the Misfits or you know, um, the Dam stuff like that. So that was like my first doorway oh. into punk rock. Oh, I love the Dam. I literally wow. I have the Machine Gun Etiquette record, and some nights <laughs> I just want to listen to that record and like put my feet up and drink a beer and not do anything. Shit, then we like, might as well play you some Dead Milkman while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, just chill and listen to some music. That's like such a great night, right? Right. Um, it's like. I love, like, Jawbreaker, too. Um, I recently just made a post on my Instagram. So you know how um, some female wrestlers will do, like, an Amazon wish list where, like, people can, like, buy them stuff or whatever. And, like, right. You know, that, that and it's thing. like, yeah, we yeah, it's shirts. a thing. So, yeah, it's a thing. So they have, like, you know, like, they'll have, like, clothes they want on there, like, gift cards to restaurants they eat at on the road, stuff like that. And I'm like, man, what if you could, like, use this? I wanted to do one, but have, like, all vinyl records on it. And just, like, put vinyl records I want. And, like, instead of people buying me, like, gift cards and dumb shit, they can actually, like, contribute to my music. <laughs> Next time you're right in Christiana area, go to Second and Charles. Second and Charles. Second and Charles? Yes. Okay. Um, they got a little vinyl area, and its place is amazing. I think you'll mark out in there. It's an old, like, bookstore that they turned into. It's like a memorabilia store. It's got horror. It's got Funko Pop, D- CDs, DVDs, guitars. It's like, um, when I was in, I went to um, San Francisco last summer and I actually got to go to Amoeba Music and that was really cool to go there because it's like such an iconic record store. But right. they have a similar yeah. deal where it's like movies, music, all kinds of stuff now. So when we were in Philly, it was in Philly a couple years ago doing roadie work for my buddy's band and we were inside J.C. Dobbs. Now everybody here is looking at me like, where was J.C. Dobbs? J.C. Dobbs is on South Street and was the place where Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, all them played in the late 80s. And they all made their Philly debut at that bar. So right before... I really... God. I was going to say, like, I love places like that. I really wish that they would have been able to preserve the fun house in Detroit. Right. I think that would have been such a neat, like, landmark. It's such a shame because, like, so many like Andy Warhol came through there, like, the Stooges recorded there, like, David Bowie, like, so many influential people, right? And, like, the Velvet Underground. And it's just a shame that it's not there, but I, I, yeah. I think that going to musical sites like that is really fun well, yeah. and cool. But I'm a David Bowie fan. We're we're sitting upstairs <laughs> in the thing, and I'm looking, and I'm like, Eddie Vedder, Stone Gossel, oh, yeah. all these names were signed on the wall. Fuck it. <laughs> That's so cool. It is. It, it was great. I really like Pearl Jam. I like Pearl Jam yes. more than Soundgarden. I don't know if that's like the popular opinion or not, but I like I Pearl Jam too. Jam. What's your favorite album? I love Ten. Vitology. Uh, versus. Okay. versus versus a great that's one. That's a good one. I like Vitology too, though. I like Vitology. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's probably a close second. I really really enjoy like the ex- more experimental sounds that they embrace on that album. Yes. I mean, if we're going with me, me would be Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. I'm a huge Lane Staley uh, guy. <laughs> I don't have a I don't have no. an order. I just because if I did an order, my Beach Boys. Yeah, Beach Boys will be on my top <laughs> of the list. I am a Beach Boy fan. I mean, if I do karaoke, my whole list is pretty much Alice in Chains, just about. <laughs> Beach uh, Boys are great, though. Like, um, um, I love I love their album Pet Sounds. I actually listen to that quite frequently. It's on my rotation. That was my first cassette. I'm serious. That was my first. That's the one. Wouldn't it be nice? I really like music. We could talk about music for like hours. I yeah, know. Music. I'm very, very much into. So. Like, I literally, literally. It's like wrestling and music. This is fun. <laughs> but don't think don't think go one and the same though. Wrestling, music, and horror. Kind of. Pretty much yeah. go one and the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I have a sign like we were talking about memorabilia earlier my one poster is signed by Bruce Campbell Army of Darkness my other poster is a They Live poster signed by John Campbell oh that's 
That's John Campbell. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Yeah. So you keep going the same Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I know. Shut up. <laughs> so we've been on for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all get, we got on a little bit of a um, yeah, a little bit of a tangent. There, didn't we? we were like, music, let go. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is one of my favorites so far. Oh my gosh, this is fun. This is up there with Chris Hamrick. <laughs> Chris Hamrick was a long one too. <laughs> I don't know. You guys, you said Rocket from the Crypt. I was like, all right, let's talk about these guys know music. <laughs> He's DB is a huge real big fish fan. Oh, every time I see them. I always think of um was it basketball aren't they in basketball yes 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 i did i've had a wonderful time thank you with you guys this but um do you have any social media accounts or anything that you want to before we end this i am on twitter and instagram under the handle at kaya mck k-i i I the handle on twitter and instagram is at kaya mck k-a-i-a mck that's what i use to communicate with everything wrestling i do not have facebook i do not have anything else so i think that's good though because it just kind of keeps everything in one spot and it just makes all the information very easy to find and very accessible but i'm there so check me out sounds good so we're gonna end this off and i am db richards i'm dave keener and we've been sitting here talking with kaya mckenna thank you for coming on the show you guys are welcome thank you for having me i really had a great time and this is the 2300 we are the 2300 and you know what we'll see you in in the the ring ring. thank you good night kaya mckenna the conduit of karma and you are listening to the magical and mystical 2300 wrestling podcast